Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. It is Thursday, the 6th of April, episode 392, and I'm here to tell you, (laughs) here we go again. That is today's episode. Here we go again. All right, I'll get into that and some other things going on around town in just a moment. Before we get there, let me just remind you, you can like, share, and subscribe to this program. You can comment and you can rate this program. Help me get the word out. We should be at 115,000 downloads since the show has begun. Thank you to my two listeners out there and you know who you are. (laughs) And once again... You may not care about politics, but politics cares about you. You cannot continue to ignore things and expect things to get better. And one final thing, pietism is the reason we are where we are today. The churches allowed themselves to be silenced. They signed off to the Johnson Amendment and sowed the seeds for the future we are living now. Don't doubt me on this, but you should go double check, look into it, do your own exploration and your own independent research, and then come back and confront me if you think I've got it wrong. Because as I always say, this is my show and it's exactly what I think, how I'm thinking. And sometimes I don't have all the information. Although I'm feeling quite confident, I do have all the information regarding that. Here we go on with the show. All right. For those of you who have been following along, you know that in at least three races in Collin County, we had not one, but two candidates that call themselves Republicans. I'm not going to judge what quality of Republican they are, but they are Republicans. Hmm? You've got Mitt Romney Republicans and you've got Ted Cruz Republicans and then you've got Donald Trump Republicans, but we're all Republicans. Some of us are more conservative on social issues. Some are more conservative on economic issues. Some of us put freedom first and foremost, but we all share the big tent. Unfortunately, the establishment people, they don't like it when the grassroots people want to be heard and they want to hold people accountable. And at the moment, the establishment people are mostly Mitt Romney types. There's a few Ted Cruz types, maybe even a couple of Donald Trump types, but the vast majority are Mitt Romney types, which is to say they don't care about you. They care about big government and big business and you are just a bump along the path. Now, the problem is you have multiple factions that want to control a single entity. And they seem to forget from time to time, in my humble opinion, that there is a common enemy. There is a common um, objective we have, which is to keep progressives, leftists, liberals out of control, out of power. Unfortunately, There seems to be a lot of people within our big tent that are quite content 
to make deals with these folks, to put them in a position of authority or influence to keep themselves in power. We see this play out at the municipal level quite often. And honestly, the devil you know sometimes is better than the devil you don't. But if the devil you know is the one that's being Judas, perhaps you need to deal with them. Now, unfortunately, uh, they control the bur- the bank, the purse spring or the purse strings, excuse me. And they're very difficult to deal with, especially while they still have a title and they still have a bit of cachet. So you have to play the game. You have to play the long game. And that gets frustrating. I mean, as a gra- grassroots person, right? And I have lots of friends that are definitely in the uh, Ted Cruz camp or the Donald Trump camp, if you will, that they want things done and they want them done now. And I feel them. I I hear them. And honestly, 10 years ago, that was me. I didn't want to listen. I didn't want to realize that there was other things at play. I didn't, I didn't care to hear it. All I wanted was to run my insurgency, metaphorically speaking. I, I wanted to oust the people that were standing in our way. But interestingly enough, as I've had a little time to mature in this whole political thing, I found out that you know most of these moderates aren't necessarily opposed to us. They just listen more closely to our opponents and are trying to slow our roll so that we don't chase off the people that we need to win. So it's great. We can be as uber liberty oriented as we want and we can be in full lockstep with everything in my perfect world that I would want, but we would also get 5% of the vote or in a perfect world, 30% of the vote, but we still lose all the time. We have zero influence, zero power, zero authority, and we're not going to be able to hold anything back. Now, sometimes that means we have to align ourselves with people we're not excited about. We have to play along with the Mitt Romney types. We have to cut a deal with those people that would see us as an impediment to whatever their next million dollar deal is because we need them. Now I wonder, I wonder if all of my friends, right? And I have friends across the gamut here. I I do have some Mitt Romney type friends and a whole lot of Ted Cruz type friends and quite a few uh, Donald Trump friends, right? Or Donald Trump type friends. There we go. And those are just the three primary factions as I see it. I'm sure there's still a whole lot of Ron Paulites like myself around, but we got to deal with what is. We accept what is and we look at how can we move it to where we would like it to be. And that requires that I'm willing to work with the Mitt Romney types, the Donald Trump types, and especially the Ted Cruz types. Now, truth be told, more often than not, I'm going to agree with the Ted Cruz types as a Ron Paul person, right? We're we're going to be more aligned more often than not. I mean, we got a lot in common with all three types, but they're the three big wings, right? They're battling for supremacy. And sometimes I wonder if that battle gets into a little bit of a bloodlust situation, right? This person is... Cross one too many lines here. We need to boot them. We need to chase them out. We need we need to purge the party. And and I hear you. Been there, done that. I mean, I've been involved in some things where people got chased off. 
But long-term, are we doing ourselves any favors? I mean, if we purify the party to the point that we can't win a single election, what good is it? I mean, we've always remarked, my friends and family and I, that the Republicans are really good losing. They're really good when they're a minority because they stop a lot of bad stuff, but they can't get anything done. They never move the ball forward. Of course, this is hyperbole, but follow along here. The idea is, is they don't know what to do when they're in charge. They don't know what to do with power. And they're so afraid that what their opponent might do, if their opponent gets the same power that they currently have, that they refuse to do anything. They refuse to take action that might actually get something done because they're afraid. They're motivated by fear. And that doesn't do anybody any good. Now, I am my own person. I don't take marching orders very well. Uh, My wife would be the neck perhaps, but other than that, I kind of just do what I think is best and try and play nice and worry about the consequences later. But there are times where you have to say, this is ludicrous. We need to stop. One of those situations played out in McKinney, right? I knew two people. They both wanted to run for the same race. I sat down with both of them and I encouraged them. Hey, one of you step down. Let's pool our resources. Let's, let's get this done. Far less sympathy for the incumbent than either one of you. Can we not work something out here? Now they're both adults. They have their right and capability to do what they want. I don't control the outcome. I, I made what I thought was a fair offer, a brokered deal. Can we do this? Can we do that? But I don't have that authority. I don't have that power. It was a conversation trying to be rational. How, what's the best opportunity to get something done here? It's been a screwy last, I don't know, 60 days watching a lot of things unfold. And the, the irony of all ironies is that things have happened that have been outside of the control of anybody involved with this. And you know, I, I had planned on doing at least one episode on the whole SOS business, right? Save our schools, save our skies. I put that aside. I'm trying to focus on the problem that we have right here, right now. That That is something that can hopefully be overcome because guess what? Election day is coming. We're 30 days out. I'll be happy when it's done and over with. I'm fearful that I'm not going to be happy with the results. And honestly, those results are going to be largely based upon a few people that thought they knew better than everybody else. And in a number of decisions that were made with incomplete information or somebody not only putting their thumb on the scale, but their whole hand, maybe their whole body on that scale to force a decision that may or may not have been for the best. We don't know yet. We'll see. And, you know, I'm not a gambler. I like to stick with the sure thing, but I'm not nearly as conservative in making decisions or as um, patient as maybe I need to be. But I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed on the way that we've handled ourselves, the way that we've worked together, the way that we've thought about a common enemy and we have been too busy fighting against the guy to my right, or in some cases, the person to my left, as opposed to the person on the other side of the aisle, the other person right in front of us standing us down that wants to destroy the very thing we're trying to protect. And consequently, we have 
a few individuals that live in my very city here that can get away with saying literally anything. Throwing accusations, calling people liars, wishing death on people. And that's perfectly fine. The, the Karen crowd does nothing about it, right? They're, they're glad that they're speaking up for them or, or talking bad things about people we don't agree with. Well, to me, that's sad. I mean, look, I can, I can get in disagreements with people. Lord knows I've got plenty of people I disagree with, but I'm respectful to them. I personally treat them fine. I may say their idea is foolish. I may, I may even get a little animated when tearing apart their argument, but when that's done and over with, especially if they're on my team, they're my friend, they're my ally. Why would I want to treat them like garbage? But even the people that are my enemies, I'm going to do all that I can to avoid going personal, avoid going after their family, avoid disrupting their private life. Well, I'm going to call out a public official when I think they did something wrong, when I, when I think they're representing themselves poorly or representing us poorly. I'm not afraid to, you know, poke the bear, but there are lines that you don't cross and you don't accuse somebody of breaking the law unless you've got evidence to suggest that that's what happened. And then unfortunately, when you don't have that evidence readily available, sometimes that comes back to bite you. But when you do present that evidence, they've had enough time calling you a liar, telling you that (laughs) You're the problem when in fact that they ignore the very evidence that you've produced and then they move the goalpost and then they make up stuff and excuses of why they didn't take care of something that clearly was there all along. In case you're wondering, yeah, I'm talking about the McKinney ISD, right? The same board that told us there were no inappropriate books in the school district. They lied. They've been proven wrong. Now you may not like how it was proven wrong, but the fact is they were proven wrong. And then they said, well, there's really nothing inappropriate there. But then when somebody went through the arduous process of five months with the help of one of the candidates to actually get a review done, five months for one book, and you wonder why they can't follow the simple process. Five months to get one book, and then it was six to one. The very president that doesn't allow anybody to speak, that doesn't allow anybody to challenge anything, is the one that said, well, no, I'm kind of okay with that book notwithstanding whatever's in there that was inappropriate enough that six to one, they voted to remove that book. Of course, there still might be five, 10, a hundred books. Who knows? Because the process is such an arduous issue that they don't actually get a real review. You know, the irony is, is way back when over a year ago, somebody, myself included, suggested, well, maybe if we got a parental review board and let them go through the books and find the ones that they find are questionable, and then we can put a process in place to work with that. But no, 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 you have to go through the librarian, the principal, and then the vice, whatever. And then, then maybe if you still aren't happy, you can go to the school district itself. And I'm sorry, I don't want to ban anything. I don't think any of these people legitimately want to ban anything because if you properly explain what ban is, that means it's not available anywhere and you can't purchase it or find it. The only books that are getting closer and closer to being banned are ones with ideas that the left doesn't approve with. I mean, for God's sakes, they want to banish Huck Finn and Laura Ingalls Wilder, yet they get upset that we're put off by the fact that they have pornographic descriptions and rape described in books that are given to younger children. 
Now, I can appreciate the fact that you don't like pejorative slang terms for people of color being thrown about in a book. Well, here's the thing. If you've actually read Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, the author's quite clearly explaining through the dialogue and through the whole premise of the book that that's really not the way you should see people like that. But again, we're not allowed to handle that because we're all little flower children, right? Little teacups. It's shameful. It's shameful. They want their safe spaces, but they're not allowing for us as parents or grandparents or just interested parties to say, yeah, that's fine. I understand why it's upsetting you that Laura Ingalls Wilder uses some language that's not in favor right now. But in fact, it's appropriate for the time and what was going on. But you want to have an active description of how somebody takes advantage of a young person. You're okay with that. You want to celebrate that. It's a clown world, upside down mess that we live in. Hey, but don't worry. The Republicans are too busy fighting amongst themselves. They're too busy fighting against the people that are generally on their team to deal with the problem that's right in front of us. But then you've got people come out and say, no, 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 these stuff, the, the stuff doesn't exist. And then when, oh, well, yeah, it exists, but they're not as bad as you said they are. But then we won't let you review them. We won't let you take it forward. And we're not going to even let that be addressed. We're just going to keep it off the agenda. We're going to pretend it doesn't exist. That didn't work out too well in some of the neighboring school districts when they found out that they actually had predators on staff. But there's nothing to see here, folks, because, you know, predators don't go where the prey is at. Nothing to see here at all, folks. And, you know, to say that children aren't being exposed to grooming clowns, right? Some whacked out perverts that want to pretend they're something that they're not and expose themselves to young children like this is perfectly normal here. I'm sorry, it's not. And I don't care that Budweiser thinks it's okay now. I don't care that Jack Daniels thinks it's okay now. And I certainly don't think that the Country Music Association thinks it's okay now makes one whit of difference that in a normal world with standard morality, this is not okay. On the flip side of that, I'm not willing to go out and stone these people, right? The biblical morality that we were raised with kind of has some consequences for behavior, especially when it crosses certain lines, but we're not there yet. Until said person abuses somebody else, it's hands off. You can them all you want. You can shun them if that's what you really want, or perhaps you could try sharing the love of God with them. But if, if they're not willing to listen or you're not willing to talk to them about it, Leave them alone. It's not that hard. But the problem is they won't leave your kids alone. They won't leave you alone. It wasn't enough to say, hey, look, you you guys want to go pretend you're a family and go do your stuff in your own home. Fine, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The court said you can do these things and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But when you start coming after kids and grandkids, I'm sorry. Somebody's got to draw the line here. And if you're worried about violence... You ought to consider what the consequences are if you mess with a person's kid or their grandkid. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of videos on YouTube out there about fathers that took matters in their own hands. Is that something that we should reward or punish? I'm kind of at a loss. I got to tell you, 
if my daughter was still young and somebody did some of those things to my daughter, I can't promise you that I wouldn't be sitting in jail right now. And I wish a whole lot more fathers thought like me. Perhaps I would keep some of these people in their cage, right? In their closet, if you prefer. Away from the kids. But, you know, if you worry about the kids and you protest to protect the children and you stand for the children, then you get called names. You get called a hater. You get called a disinformationist. You, you're, they make stuff up about you. They don't have to prove anything. Oh, no, no, no. Well, nobody expects me to actually prove any of my accusations. I can just call you names all day long, but never, ever address the issue. I'm not required as a leftist to actually make an intelligent argument. I'm not, I'm not required to prove out any of the um, vile things that I'm saying about you because I have no argument. And I don't care if you've got a title after your name or you sit on a board somewhere. If you're not willing to address an issue directly head on and refute it with facts, instead of calling names, instead of abusing other people, instead of talking down to people, instead of being a rude jerk... Perhaps you don't need to serve in office anymore. Perhaps you're the problem and you ought to go check yourself into the mirror (laughs) by checking yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself. And then after you've looked at yourself, if it's really that bad, you know, they have places that you can get help. What is it? Shady Shady Oaks or Green Acres, something like that. I don't know. Just a suggestion. When you're so busy protecting perverts and uh, attacking normal people that want their kids to be normal, perhaps you're the problem. Perhaps you're the one that actually has hate in your heart. Perhaps you're the one that likes to lie to try and prove a point without having to actually confront the evidence that's in front of you. Now, I don't know if maybe you had some drugs when you were younger or maybe you just engage enough perverted behavior that you don't see any difference between what you did when you were younger and what somebody's doing now. But at a certain point, when you abuse people that aren't willing to participate, that's a line that you can't ever uncross. When you say it's okay, that's a problem with you. Fortunately, none of this is being protected or none of this is being argued in our party. No, no, no. We're too worried about who's pure enough. (laughs) <laughs> who who's going to be the strongest advocate now mind you that's a good problem we don't have any of these people over on the left that have completely infected our party yet oh no they're trying though don't you worry and unfortunately some of those Mitt Romney types are getting a little squeamish on there they're afraid they might be called a name and of course our Donald Trump types they're punching back they're fighting back they're not afraid of a good uh tussle and the Ted Cruz types are sitting there, um, guys, uh, perhaps we ought to actually focus on the law, the legislature here. There's business being done and we're not paying attention to it. Perhaps we could get back to that. <sighs> we're getting caught up in a bunch of nonsense. And when I say it's nonsense, it's because on the grand scheme of things, that's a much smaller problem than the one we're looking at across the aisle. Yeah, you know what? There are candidates. They run every time. And there's a whole lot of them that I'm not excited about. 
but they are better than the alternative. And if we can't get our act together, and if we can't find somebody that's better than the current candidate that we're running, we have to suck it up again and again and again. And one wonders, why don't we ever have these candidates? And then when we do have them, well, we're being sold out. And that's really what the argument is. We're being sold out by the very people that we've supported because they don't want to share power. They don't want to let the other people in. So you got the Mitt Romney type selling us out, fighting with the Ted Cruz types and the uh, Donald Trump types who just want a little piece of the action, want want a seat at the table. The thing is, is the Mitt Romney types, they're not fighters. Well, they'll find a way to make a buck. They'll find a way to compromise just enough stuff that they can say they did a good thing. But you know what, guys? They're on our team, whether we like it or not. And we can't win without them. So we have to focus on building up our portion of the team, working with them, convincing them that it's in their best interests and in all of our best interests that we stay on the same team instead of going after them, attacking them, belittling them, and treating them worse than the left treats all of us. Who's the real Judas? Well, I will tell you, in my humble opinion, pretty much everybody left of center in politics, they've betrayed our constitution. They've betrayed the American people, and they've certainly betrayed what they took as an oath of office. Now, I'll grant you there's a whole lot of moderates that they don't really stand for anything, and I don't think they can betray anything because they never stood for anything in the first place. Unfortunately, we have some of them that are on the right of center. They'll sell us out in the name of national security all day long. They'll sell us out in the name of a little bit more tax revenue all day long. And they don't even see what they're doing. But instead of attacking them, instead of fighting with them, perhaps we should treat them like adults. Perhaps we should address them and say, hey, you know what? This was a big mistake and this is why. Oh, I understand it feathered your nest, but the problem is, is it robbed the nest of 30 other people. Or the problem is, is while this is really nice now, 15 years from now or 20 years from now, when you've got 20% apartment complexes here, you're not going to be able to provide the same level of service. You're not going to be able to afford what you've done to this. I mean, we live in Collin County. We don't want to Dallas our cities. We don't want... To follow the Dallas model in McKinney. Now, maybe in Frisco it's too late. Don't know. Perhaps in Plano it's already too late. Don't know. But we don't want the outcome in those cities of Dallas. Now, perhaps Allen has been smart and they've avoided that outcome. But it, but it's sad to me. They're like locusts. They move from field to field, stripping it of all of its worth and then leaving us with a stubble. And we tolerate it. Why? Because we need them. But why do we need them? Because we haven't been working to get to a point where we don't need them. We're ready and willing to fight with them. But we really need to find people to replace them. People that are on our team. People that are more reliable. Maybe they're in the center. Maybe they're on the right. Maybe they're in the church and they just refuse to get off their butt and do anything because their pastor told them, well, politics is dirty and you shouldn't be involved with that. You should just keep your eyes focused on the future. Well, okay, maybe, but they've been saying that for 2000 years and things have been getting hmm, incrementally better and worse for 2000 years. 
because they're not interested and they're not active. Could you imagine back in uh, 1765, um, all the pastors says, well, you know, uh, Mr. Washington, Mr. Franklin, Mr. Jefferson, Mr. Hamilton, Mr. Adams, Mr. Adams, Mr. Henry, you should not be involved. God doesn't want you involved in the affairs of other men. He wants you to stay at home and pray. Could you imagine where we would be right now? That's not something I look forward to. I don't subscribe to that idea. I think it's a bad idea. But until we, the people, encourage other we, the people, people to get off their bottoms and do some work and to help us restore the republic, to help us be good patriots, to help us reinforce and restore the Constitution, we're going to be stuck with what we've got. And you see how that's working right now, don't you? Focus on the things that we can change. Focus on the things that the difference can be made right here and right now. Occasionally you have to make a deal. Just make sure you're not making the deal with the devil. And with that, I will leave you. We have a long weekend. Tomorrow's Good Friday. Resurrection Day is on Sunday. And I look forward to being back with you on Monday and hit the road running. Until then, I'll see you on the other side. Canceled by the Big Tech Mafia but inadvertently profiting from owning their stocks in a mutual fund or ETF? At Two Pillars, they believe that censorship is a form of violence and a business practice that does not promote human flourishing. In many cases, through their investigative screening process, they can help you divest from companies that are denying your God-given inalienable right to speak freely. Hey, patriots, Two Pillars believes it's time for conservatives to align their values and investments. Two Pillars is your place for impact investing in the parallel economy. Find out what's in your investment portfolio with a complimentary portfolio review. Contact them today to learn more. Call toll-free at 833-377-0051 or send an email to info at twopillarsam.com. That's info at T-W-O-pillarsam.com. Get started today. Advisory of Services are offered through Jacob and Boaz Asset Management, LLC, doing business as Two Pillars Asset Management or Two Pillars. A registered investment advisor in the states of Texas and California. Two Pillars is not endorsed by any government agency and is not engaged in the practice of law or tax advice.